how to discover the real you with the creator of the Real You Project, David Green, on episode number 251 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. And I was all excited about it. And he had a limousine pick me up and take me down the highway in Los Angeles to where the big center was for the Grammys. And about halfway down, I got this incredible where I was afraid that I was going to go accept the award and make a mistake and say the wrong name or something really stupid like that. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello again, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Pleasure and a privilege to allow me to come into your life, into your earbuds, in whatever you're doing, wherever you're going today. Thank you for letting me speak into your life to help you to grow through what you go through, to come to your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. Here at Beyond Adversity, you can go to drbradmiller.com, where we have over 250 episodes of this podcast designed to serve you. And at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway, you can find out more about our guide to finding the promise given life, developing your POP, your promise life plan. We're coming to you today, as always, from the Loft Studios, the Loft Home Studios just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. It's a good day. It's a bright, sunny day. And I'm coming to you with a great, great story today. An incredible story. David Green is his name. He is a teacher and a leader, professor, and a Jewish rabbi. And he comes to us to tell us a little bit about his book, Pictures of the Soul. And he's coming to us also with the story about how he came to understand, to discover the real you, the real you of your soul, means it's a journey of self-discovery. So he has what he calls the process of the Real You Project. You can find more about him at his website, realyouproject.com, and where he takes us to the question of discovering the beauty of your soul and how to grow from even a low place. David is a musician by trade, and he was successful in music at an early age. In fact, he himself found himself actually involved with the Grammy Awards at age 18. But he soon found out that life and lifestyle of being a professional musician was leading him to some places of of depression. And he eventually had various challenges, challenges in his life of depression, of seizures, a tumor in his brain, chemical dependence, and this intense fear of dying. It eventually led him to discover, rediscover his Jewish roots in, in Israel and where he began a process of discovering his life, uh, his soul in his life. And he has discovered God in his life in a deep, deep level that doing God's will is what makes you happy. We're going to talk to him about his process here today, about what he went through in this self-discovery process here. And we're going to do that here on episode number 251. This is part one of our discussion. We're going to come back in episode 252 uh, next time around, where we're going to talk about his process of uh, developing 
in your own life through his book, uh, Pictures of Your Soul, to help you explore the beauty of your own soul. You're going to love this conversation. It goes deep to a deep place. You know, uh, Google uh, says that they uh, have a... Uh, uh, their search engine every year has a theme for their search. And this year of 2023, the theme for their search is how can I change? And these two podcasts, 251 and 252 with David Green, are going to help you discover a process to do that just for yourself. It's about coming alive in your life when you think you're dead. In episode 253, a couple of episodes from now, I'm going to reflect with you on my own teaching about how to feel alive in the Dead Sea. And I'll tell you my own experience about swimming in the Dead Sea. This is a great, uh, a great episode today. His name is David Green, and he uh, his website is realyouproject.com. Let's get into this conversation with David Green right now. Today, we have the author, David Green, with us. He's authored of a couple books, a book about you and pictures of your soul. He is also a very accomplished musician and composer, and he is an inventor, and he works into the world of technology, a teacher, a speaker. He has eight kids and 16 grandchildren. He lives in Israel and has a lot of insights to offer us about how to deal with matters of the soul. His website is Real You project.com. David Green, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Welcome. Thanks very much. I appreciate having me. It is awesome to have you here, David. You do have a fascinating story to tell, to share with our audience. You have a varied interest in technology and music and composition and writing and dealings with matters of deep within us and depression and so on. Tell us your story a little bit. I know you have a fascinating story that kind of sets the stage for what we're going to talk about here today. So tell us a little bit about David Green. Certainly. I grew up in Toronto, Canada originally, and I was totally immersed in the music business. At 16, I was a staff writer for a company called A&M Records, and I was so immersed in it that I was like running a million miles an hour towards success in music. And I, in a sense, had lost touch with myself because I was just so busy trying to be successful that as a 16-year-old, there are stages of life you have to go through, and I was very disconnected because the music was all I really cared about. And by the time I was 18, I was recording an album in Los Angeles, an R&B album with a, a, um, a tremendously talented producer, arranger named Gene Page. And he was nominated for an Academy Award, sorry, a Grammy Award for an album he had done. And he couldn't accept it because he was unavailable. So he asked this 18-year-old David Green to oh. go accept his award on his behalf. Wow. And as you can imagine, I was so delighted. I, this was my way to break into the business. They asked, who's that guy who's accepting Gene Page's award when the rub shoulders with all these people I was trying to get through to? And I was all excited about it. And he had a limousine pick me up and take me down the highway in Los Angeles to where the big center was for the Grammys. And about halfway down, I got this incredible where I was afraid that I was going to go accept the award and make a mistake and say the wrong name or something really <laughs> stupid like that. I was wow. so scared that 
I would prefer that he lose to uh, avoid the embarrassment than that he win, even though there were all the benefits of doing so. Uh, I think that was the first time I prayed to God, please make him lose. Before that, I had no connection to religion, to observance of any sort. And uh, thank God he lost. But what happened was after that, I was... uh, (laughs) Literally, thank God that he lost. God heard my words and he lost. So I went to this big event afterwards for those who were nominated and other people in the business. And I had come from a kind of snobby jazz background, which was where you can't sacrifice your artistic integrity at all for the sake of popular music. And yet there was one artist there who was one of my favorite jazz artists who had a pop single that was so successful. I think he won a Grammy that year. And so this was to me, like, that was what I was running after. That was who I was like, it was my God. That's who I was emulating. I just wanted to be him. And when I looked at him, I had this like vision that was like a total wake up experience where I saw a person that I was running after becoming and he looked totally depressed and whoa, what a flash of reality I had. And suddenly I said to myself, I think you better figure out what makes a person happy and use your music as an expression of that happiness rather than trying to be the musician and be completely disconnected from who you really are. And that made me turn around 180 degrees. And I decided, you know what? I've not been through being an 18-year-old. I need to go do what 18-year-olds do and grow out of it rather than just spring over it. So I decided- foreshadowing of what could have been, I bet, a foreshadowing of what a, project, a projection of a, a pathway your life could have gone on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I never decided on that path. It was just too much of something that, that sort of like accumulated as a kid. And it was a kid's vision. And that's not what I wanted for my life. And so I decided to go to college and uh, upgrade my orchestration and the music composition skills. And I saw everyone else there running after that same childish vision and not realizing that it was dangerous for them. And I decided, you know what, there's a lot of hypocrisy within my religious identity. And I wanted to resolve that because I, while I was on campus, I think I was very lonely and experienced some depression. I remember going out to the park near my house where I lived there and just lying down in a ditch and feeling myself being part of the ground, like the earth, like immersed Mm -hmm. in the, and it was like, I became like dust of the earth. Like, you know, the, in the Bible, it says that God was created man from dust of the earth. And we returned to dust of the earth. I, I, without knowing what I was doing, I felt this incredible connection to just being nothingness. And that made me feel so alive. And this started making me think more and more about my, spiritual identity and that was the opposite of the college campus party scene and i decided you know what as a jewish person i wanted to go to where people really believed in in judaism and believed in god and believed in the bible and i decided to go to israel i figured that's where i could get answers to my questions and i ended up going to what's called the yeshiva which is where we learn talmudic law and jewish philosophy and where you train to become a rabbi and i was with a bunch of guys that also came from a non-religious background and okay. after a couple of months okay. of arguing with the rabbis so many of us became 
observant over that period of time. I lived in the and old city. Just to be city. clear, you did not come from a, uh, from an observant Jew background, Jewish Not background. at all. Not at all. Okay. I was I lived a very secular lifestyle. I worshiped the that that artist, not God. I was like, while I was there, I lived overlooking the Western Wall where the temple used to stand. That was like mm-hmm. my, that was just my front window was like overlooking that. So I was just very inspired also emotionally from there. And I, over time, I began to become more observant. And over the years, then I became a rabbi. And then I spent many years, like over 25 years, teaching beginners. And one of the things that I found was that because there's so many laws to follow in Jewish observance, it it seemed like everybody was the same to me. Like, why is everybody doing the same thing? And as the more I learned, the more I discovered that God wants the opposite from you. God doesn't want you to be like everyone else, just like we have different fingerprints. So too, we all have a different soul and each soul is made up to be different and it's, it has a different purpose in this world. And I found more and more I studied, the more there was emphasis on that as being an obligation. That's an obligation to discover who you are, what you're here in this world to achieve. And what's going to make you happier is doing God's will, which is what you were here to do. So it's not a matter of fighting against what God wants from you. It's in fact, immersing yourself and surrendering yourself to what the skills are and the, what gives you true pleasure on a spiritual level. And so that's where I have, I became a counselor to so many students coming through. I taught at a girls' school here for many years, and I counseled so many girls who were suffering from depression, from a lack of identity, not knowing what they're here to do, relationship issues, all kinds of struggles that that I was, thank God, able to help them with. And I think many of the ideas that I learned over those years, I think, apply to a lot of the types of issues that you're addressing as well. Yeah, it's interesting that you really, through your own introspection, through your own literally earth to earth, you know, dust to dust moment, you are able to, as it were, go from a death to life thing in your own search for your own soulful purpose. In that was able to be helpful to people that you became a rabbi, you became a teacher, you already were a musician, but through all your music and through your teaching, you've had a lot of influence on other people. You've had some rather unique experiences, but transformative experiences in your own life and being able to translate to, to other folks. That must be fulfilling, but challenging at the same time. Yeah. And I never try to portray myself as being any higher than I, I really am. I myself have gone through some, you know, I've been to hell and back with struggling with my own depression. I have a chemical mm-hmm. depression. I, I once had a seizure, so I have to be on medication to prevent from, I, they, I found, they found a, a tumor in my brain, which, which is thank God benign. But for months I was walking around wondering how many days I had left to live. And wow. that was the most eye opening experience because when I was feeling such a fear of dying. So suddenly all these big save the world type of things that I was running after didn't matter to me at all. Mattered to me were my wife and my kids and the fact that I had a chance to breathe every moment of my life. That was what was valuable to me. And I tried to carry that with me into my future because just because they found that it was a benign tumor doesn't mean all those things that I came to realize aren't true. Those are very true and very much a part of my life. And I try to keep that awareness as I move through the positive experiences as well. David, it seemed like you had a lot of things going on. You had a story here about how things formed in your life. And then you had some 
issues with a seizure and some other things in your life. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I went through a number of ups and downs in my life, but the first one that I had where I, I learned a very powerful lesson, and I'd like to show that coming through the other downs that I had as well, there's actually a principle that if you like, if you go into the darkest place in the world and you light a candle, then you it'll light up the whole room. But if you hold a candle next to the sun, you can't see it. It's nullified from so much light that you can't notice it. And so there are certain things I've learned through various challenges that I've been through, but using my spiritual awareness has helped me a lot. And the first real down I had was I had a seizure and the doctors told me that I had a brain tumor Mm -hmm. and I was in shock and I was wondering what am I going to do now? I had been on a path of trying to save the world and bring her up bring people around to understand spirituality more. And I was just very determined to to achieve all kinds of things. But I didn't know how long I had to live. And I went through a, a time where suddenly things that that I overlooked, such as the beauty of my kids, of, of my marriage, uh, of this, the opportunity to breathe, everything suddenly meant so much more to me in terms of those things that were in front of me where I wasn't running elsewhere anymore. I learned to appreciate the beauty of life in its simplest form. And thank God, it turned out that the tumor was benign, and I was able to go forward in my life with a commitment to never forgetting what I learned from that scary time in my life. You have your sense of perspective, it sounds like, David, in the sense of you had this big, great big vision, and that's a good thing, you have a big vision, and yet you had to be brought into the context of your real-life circumstances that you're in. You can't get to the big vision unless you deal with your present circumstances, it sounds like. And that's the matter of everybody. Right. And similar to – it was a pattern that I that you saw in my story about Hollywood. I was running too fast somewhere, mm-hmm. and I had a realization that I was disconnected from myself. Mm-hmm. And so, too, even though the vision that I had was for more productive purposes, it didn't mean that I was – able to let go of the most basic fundamental principles of awareness and value of life. And so in a way, I made the same mistake, but just running after things that were, I did spend the time evaluating, but still there's a tendency to to make every day count in, in, in a productive way. But that doesn't mean you're aware of the value of life and the beauty of life. And so being shocked into that awareness was something I said, you know what, I want to try to hold on to that. And as I became more and more observant, I pray three times a day. And every time I pray, it's a matter of readjusting and recognizing like each prayer. We say 18 prayers, blessings three times a day. And each one of the blessings is an appreciation of another basic fundamental gift that we have in life knowledge, having the ability to do repentance, having the recognizing that God is one, all these basic ideas that are part of the way we're supposed to look at the world all the time. If we don't review them and get on them, then the likelihood of carrying them forward is very difficult. So I started utilizing my observance more as a way to, to preserve those things that are truly most valuable to me. You've mentioned being observant. You've mentioned prayer. You've mentioned some of these other things that you've been doing. It sounds like you 
when you went through some of these experiences, when you went through your brain tumors and when you went through your physical health and your your depressed moments, that you took some pretty significant action here. You went on to become a rabbi after becoming a non-observant Jew for a while. Tell us a bit more about some of the pivotal action actions that you took, which were pivotal to you that can be maybe transferable to other people, some actions that you took. I think that one important principle is that when you're in a very dark place, that doesn't mean you're on holiday from real life. Okay. That that dark place is something that, although it may sound strange, you can actually embrace it and take advantage of it as a way to heighten your awareness of what truly matters. And my book called Pictures of Your Soul actually has a section in it that talks about two paths to lift yourself from a dark place up to a brighter place spiritually. Okay. Uh, and one way is the means of contemplation, where if you're in a very dark place and you start to contemplate on just your breathing and your awareness of your body, your awareness of your soul, and just the fact that you are alive and how, what a miracle a human being is and what a miracle a, bl a blade of grass is. Just taking note of the most basic creations that have incredible design to them, there is a deductive reasoning there to say that there's a God who created all this because there's no way this could have been an evolutionary process once you see the genius of the creation of the world, including the creation of you as a human being. And that will bring about a higher spiritual awareness. And if you have a higher spiritual awareness, that begins a path towards recovery. And the other, other path towards that recovery is recognizing that we don't have five senses, we have six senses. The sixth sense, the sense of the soul that is aware already of what God wants from you and what you're here to achieve and what path to move forward with. The problem is that sixth sense gets covered up by distraction. The world we live in today is so noisy with our phones, which take us away from the people in front of us, will take, take us away from ourselves. If we could turn off our phones and stop listening to all these images of who we're supposed to be based on what celebrities are projecting as being a happy way of life, if we would turn, all, turn that volume down and listen to what the soul is saying, then we have the we have ability to actually hear what God is telling us through our soul, which already knows deep down inside what is the right thing for us. There was a time when about a thousand years ago, when even though we read about the prophets in the Bible, there were thousands of prophets. And the role of those prophets were to come to you and tell you that you are here in this world to achieve this and this particular task. And this is your personality. Now, wow, that's been amazing pathway to happiness if I knew that it was a prophet just telling me God's words of how to discover who I really am. But today we don't have those prophets. But what the prophets did is they would look inside you and see the message that's there. That means that there's a gold mine ins inside every one of us that knows what we really should be doing in this world. It knows who we are, what we are, how incredible this world is, how incredible God is. All that is something that's already embedded within us. Yeah. And what 
do is we need to learn we learn need to learn how to dig for gold where we know gold is there to be found and that means if i know there's a gold mine inside of me that knows that there is a beautiful life here that my soul is on fire then i should dig down and see where people unfortunately develop their self-esteem on a subjective level we should be able to have self-esteem by just knowing that god gave us this divine soul that is so precious and so beautiful and it's just a matter of taking the time to dig down move away the distraction and hear that inner voice we're going to leave the conversation right there with david green we're going to come back to it in episode number 252 where we're really going to focus in on his book pictures of the soul and what he offers us there. In today's episode, I hope you heard about he's begun to discover pathways in his life that led to a brighter, better place. And they included contemplation and a sixth sense of the soul and how to discover that. And we're going to dig into that a lot deeper on episode two, number 252, which is going to be all about knowing who you are is knowing what you are. And we're going to talk about his book, Pictures of the Soul from David Green. In episode 253, a couple episodes from now, I'm going to reflect about our conversations with David Green in my own in my own uh, talk about being alive in your life even when things are dead. I'm going to talk particularly about my own experiences in Israel about swimming in the Dead Sea. I hope that you'll join us. Here in Beyond Adversity, we're all about serving you, about speaking into your life a word that will help you to grow through whatever it is that you go through. Head over to drbradmiller.com for over 250 of these episodes will help you to deal with depression, divorce, disease, debt, death, anything that's holding you back that is an adversity that you need to overcome. And at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway, you can discover our uh, our process, our coaching, and our process called the Promise Life Plan, where you can develop your written plan to get you through the bad times into your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We're here to serve you because we love you and we want to help you to grow through whatever it is you go through to discover your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. Love you. Here to serve. Until next time, good people, remember to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.